Hi, I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I have a special guest, Ali Sakin, who is the founder of SoulShift, a transformational coaching company, which combines her unique talent of intuitive guidance, channeling, and empowerment to guide her clients to the best version of themselves. She works with men and women of all ages to live a purposeful mindset and vision. Please welcome Ali Sakin. Ali, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Lucas. So, Ali, we met at a leadership training. You were one of my one of my coaches, and you are incredibly powerful. How have you gotten to where you are today with the 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 Soul Shift Company, as well as all the work you've done? Well, thank you for saying that about me. First of all, I receive, and I've gotten here not without my challenges, breakdowns, breakthroughs. I grew up in a childhood that was not healthy, that was controlling and verbal, mental abuse, kind of a survival mechanism until I turned 18 and went to college. And by being in that, we all get to look at our breakdowns and the things we go through as blessings. So going through a really rough childhood, learning how to survive on my own, giving to myself in the ways that I wasn't receiving from my parents. I really just kept searching and searching and searching and looking outside myself to see what could fill me up. Is it a boyfriend? Is it friends? Is it cheerleading? Is it dance? Is it uh, turning into a spiritual growth practice to get to the bottom and the root of why I went through what I went through and also turning that into a blessing. And so working through that throughout my life, finding yoga at a very young age, 20 years ago, finding meditation, working through spiritual growth and really digging deep and asking myself, how can I grow? How can I work through this in a positive way? Because when we go through things that aren't actually things that we would see as positive or things that we see as pulling on our energy or things that bring us down, we get to shift, which is why I named my company Soul Shift. And we get to shift our soul into a different way of being. And a lot of the time we get to do it on our own. And coming into kind of a self-love mindset, which in my opinion, there's no other way through. It's shifting your mindset to be about you and only you and working through that to get to a place where we get to live in gratitude and get to live our fullest life. So by going through this really, really rough time and working through that and not having anybody to turn to but myself, you learn to turn to yourself and you learn, you know, there's nobody else but you, you can't control or possess anyone. You can just be responsible for who you are and inside of yourself, no one else is your responsibility. So you get to really take it all, take it. It's yours for the taking your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul and shift your soul and really soul shift it into self love because nobody else can feed us, but ourselves. Hmm. What you're, what you're saying, um, resonates with me for a few reasons. You and I, we have very similar upbringings Mm -hmm. and that's one of the, the ways we first connected is understanding that level of survival, but also 
overcoming that fear. And then secondly, um, you know, as a parent, for me, I'm raising my three kids to take full responsibility and to take accountability so that when they eventually leave our house, they are able to find their own strength within themselves and, and be grounded and be strong and be grateful and not look for validation from another. How often have you seen the effects of people needing validation from an outside party affect their lives? I mean, starting with me and starting with you, as you know, you know, your path and I know mine, you know, when we do, and we don't know any better when we're children, but when we do look outside of ourselves, whether it's to our parents, whether it's to friends and popularity or, you know, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, we're, we're setting it up for disaster because we're, when you do give the responsibility to someone else or when you place blame on somebody else, um, you end up feeling empty, insecure, and you feel lost because you're putting blame on other people, you're putting responsibility in other people, and you're also letting them control your emotions. And nobody else is in charge but you, mm. right? We're the only ones responsible for our emotions, our feelings, and really what are our feelings? I mean, some days I say, fuck my feelings, what's my vision? Mm. Because living in your vision in the higher place of, and my vision is creating consciousness and healing in the world, is higher than any feeling or emotion that I have. But if we let people control that or affect us, and also when we're not in self-love, we let people be in that defining who we are, what their stories about us that they make up, how friends look at us and dictate how we should feel. If we let everybody else dictate how we should feel, we're going to really be spinning in a hamster wheel. So we really get to take that power back. And to me, that standing in your power is really giving that all those feelings, emotions, and letting yourself have them. They're yours for the taking. <laughs> so take mm. them. Because when we give them to other people, you're just letting people take your, your life in their hands and run off with it. And to me, that I've never seen that come out good. Mm. You know, that always comes out in a, yeah, scrambled way, fear, sadness, anger, all of those emotions that we don't want to have come out because we're literally taking other people's judgment, putting them onto ourselves as ours, and then letting them sit in our body, which is why, you know, I have a spiritual practice of saging or palo santoing and clearing and protecting my energy. Because the more you let people be in your energy, the more there, there's too much there's too much confusion. And when you really are comfortable with yourself, love thyself, self-love, and you let it sit in your body, you realize that you get to surrender, not to your partner, your friends, your enemies, your insecurities, your pain, your past, your story about what you went through. Like You get to surrender to what you've been given and surrender to your path, your vision, the person that's inside of you that has those answers, that knows that voice the trust, the intuition that lives inside of you. So instead of consistently leaving this person defend for itself and ignore and disregard it, that person inside you and let everybody else define you, you get to define yourself. Like, you know, how to, and it doesn't serve anybody to let yourself be defined by someone else. You know, that doesn't inspire, empower, encourage your fellow hearts. Like you get to lead by example, which is the self-love which is knowing you're worthy, you know, from acceptance of yourself. Hmm. And we get to lead from our 
our PowerPoint from what our gifts are in the world, because we all have different gifts and we're all individual. There's never going to be another Allie. There's never going to be another Lucas. And if we don't embrace that, then, you know, we're just giving that to someone else. And, and what, where does that lead? And to me, that never leads to a good place, in my opinion. So I've never seen that, you know, be something that people get to do. I, I believe they get to really live in themselves as a whole being. Hmm. I think, you know, some of the language that we we use on the show, like you just use you know, energy, um, clearing, grounded. Some of these terms are new for, I would say, a lot of um, more, more, uh, I think some of this language is new for a lot of people listening because they've either come from an evangelical Christian world or maybe um, a Jewish world. Um, where this language isn't as common, and yet, um, looking at the con- context of of their worldview, you know, they're still created in the image of God, and so that image is that it has been created is really beautiful. And and what you're saying is to love that image that you're you're made, you're you're created beautifully and wonderfully, and it really does start internally with us before we ever take a step out. Is that, do I hear that right? Can we transfer that language um, that way? Of course, like basically who you are is your gift from God, Mm -hmm. from source, the universe, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. But it's a gift that is limited days, years, hours, minutes. So we take this gift that we're given, the gift of being born into this world and we, we take it and we do what we get to do with it, which is live your life, you know, live in the gratitude in who you are. So whoever's, whoever you believe has given you the gift, however you've landed on this earth at this time, we get to, you know, be in that and be in the gift of life, really, and the gift of your life. And I believe that everything that we've come to in this lifetime has prepared us for living this way. And as you know, we've discussed the ways that we've had to survive and, you know, wake up. And when I would come home from school every day, I would stand in the the beginning of my house and be like, what am I going to get hit with today? All of those, right. <laughs> those feelings of, oh my God, what's today going to be like? And insecurity and fear has made me and you stronger. And so Um, And so how we were born into this world from God uh, or from the universe, from source, however you look at it in your way of being, you get to know that that gift of being born, however it was, was for just for you because you got to go through things that helped you become the person that you are. And at the time, or even at this moment right now, people might be listening and thinking, but it's hard, but why do I have to go through this? But it's painful. Why do I get to go through loss? All of these things that don't seem fair. And at the end, we see, we get to see the blessings in that and the Mm. things that we go through, how they make us stronger. And I know for me and you, we both discussed, we would never be the person we were today if we didn't have to go through those challenges that we were born into. That's right. It's, it's really a beautiful story of, of, I don't know if the word redemption is correct, but really we're born into this world without our own power to stand because we have parents and you know by default we're relying on others and then there's this shift and for some it happens later in life like for me it happened in my mid-30s um 
hopefully for the purpose of this podcast, it happens a lot earlier for, for people growing up, understanding that you go through everything for your benefit, like you said, so that you can overcome and then share that gift of overcoming to the world. And maybe our, our highest purpose is to help everyone overcome at the earliest age possible so that the healthier we are, the more healing takes place. How, how has your path been in getting healing? Um, the path has been, you know, like you, I, I started feeling it in my early to mid thirties and the, the healing has been, you know, hard, fearful, sad, beautiful, you know, incredible getting through things that I never thought I would get to, to get back to myself. And, and I agree, Lucas, I mean, I've volunteered with third and fourth graders and reminding them of their light and not to dim their light too. I'm doing a teen workshop you know, and I'm going to continue to work with teens because getting them at the earliest age, which is why me and you went through what we went through to now you get to affect your children and everybody else. And I also get to work with people at the youngest age so they can see their worth and they get to feel better and see what they're going through at an earlier age. So it doesn't take them as long because we all have so many gifts to share with the world. And I mean, my healing has been being seen for who I am has been one of the most powerful things because I never was really seen for me, especially in a unhealthy childhood. You're not seen for, you know, your gifts and who you are and just being able to be seen by certain friends and be accepted for who I am. And I mean, the main thing is really forgiving myself mm. and having compassion yes. on myself yes. because I grew up, if I was perfect, maybe I would be loved by my parents. So let me try to be perfect and let me try to be the perfect friend and the perfect giver and giving and giving. And you end up exhausted by that. So really, you know, learning to have compassion for myself. I'm not perfect. I have flaws. Everybody does. Forgiving myself. When I was a child, I did the best I could in that house. I did everything I could for that little child at that time, who I was. And then, you know, having responsibility and commitment. So being responsible for, you know, what I get to do in my growth and okay, I'm responsible for me. And even if I'm, I looked at my parents at the age of five and saw the way they were treating other people and said, I'm never going to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I turned the opposite and that was a pact I made to myself. I'm never going to be like them. So if I see the dry cleaner and they're wearing a great tie, I'll say, I love your tie. And I always want to make people feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really, really being responsible to who we are in this community and in this world and, you know, having a commitment to empowering and inspiring people. And, you know, especially now where people are committing suicide and there's a lot of hate and anger in the world and letting people know you're not alone. You know, I, I made a list of why I should kill myself in high school. You know, I, I did that too. And remembering that you're not alone. There are, is support. There's podcasts, there's people such as you that are reaching out, that are letting people know we, we've been through it and you, you know, you get to reach out for help. So I think the healing for me is really recognizing myself and forgiving myself Mm. and not judging myself because how we are to ourselves is how we are to other people. And then (laughs) learning to bring that into the world and really, you know, healing myself. And I think for everybody out there, the number one thing is you get to heal yourself Mm. because that's where all the 
suicides and anger, hate come from because people aren't healing. They're hating instead of healing. That's good. That is so good, Allie. Mm -hmm. How you treat yourself is how you treat others. I can, I can certainly say, so I always felt like something was wrong with me. And that is a, um, a byproduct of children that are abused. They feel like what's wrong with me. Why, you know, something I'm doing causes, um, the, the actions of parents on us when nothing was wrong with us. And we're just children trying to live and breathe and be completely dependent upon these authority figures in our lives. And I strove so hard. And I, I want to emphasize the word. So I strove as hard as I could to be perfect. I, I've read every religious text. I've read the Bible in the King James version seven times in 14 years. I have read the Quran. I've read all these religions. I had prayed morning and night. I strove. I read, I prayed, I preached. I did all these things in my life. I pushed so incredibly hard. And what I would tell people is people are like, man, you're kind of harsh. And I'm like, you have no idea. I'm harsher on myself. And I used that as a justification of how I treated others. It's like, I'm harsh on you. Yeah, but you have no idea how harsh I am on myself. And then I would fall into to this. I could never reach the pinnacle of perfection in my mind. I was so close in my mind, even though it's so far away. But in my mind, I was so close to being perfect. And my wife said to me one day, you think you're perfect. And I said, I am really close. This is prior to my prior to my big uh, breakdown and and uh, journey to healing. But because I was striving so hard for that, just to feel validated that to, to get that affirmation from my parents that I, you know, get that unconditional love. I, I mm -hmm. never got it. Um, it led to incredibly dark places where when I was 20, I attempted suicide and thank goodness I, I survived, but I've struggled with suicide, um, suicidal thoughts up until 36 years old for, for 16 years and I called it getting snipered where I was doing okay because I was striving really hard and I was almost at the peak and then something would happen to show me, oh, I'm I'm not who I think I am and something's really wrong with me and, and that sniper would, would shoot me at random times and I would go into the dark place and it was a terrible, dark, horrible cycle. I would not wish, I would not wish those, that, that darkness on anyone, not even my I don't have an enemy, but not even someone who would want to be my enemy. I would not wish that on anyone. And now you and I have come to this place where we get to share these stories and share that, yeah, we were that. And we trans, we transform, we, we went through, we went back to that dark, those dark places and we spoke truth to them and said, I'm not that and don't touch me and leave me alone. And I am love and I am good. And I am, I am beautiful. And that, that has brought the healing. And so what, what do you recommend for people listening? Um, for if, regardless if they've gone through childhood abuse or they've been bullied. I mean, this is one thing that I was talking to my book editor. She said, well, I've never been abused. I was bullied but I've never been abused. And I'm like, that's abuse. Hello. If anyone makes you feel inferior, 
and makes you feel small and takes away your power, that is abuse. It doesn't have to be, we've used the word abuse inside just the confines of a home, but there's abuse everywhere. So for people that are listening that have gone through any sort of trauma or rejection, it doesn't have to be bullied or abuse, but just pain. I think that's really the word that that I'm talking about. People that have gone through pain and the majority of, I would say everyone's gone through pain. What do you recommend for them to go through that journey of healing? Um, yeah. And just to reiterate what you said, um, and I've gotten bullied from my mom. So again, everything looks a different way. And even mm-hmm. if you had a great childhood, we've all gone through pain, right? So whether it's with another, you know, in a relationship with friends, however, it looks like we've all pain is universal. So however you've gone through it, even if it hasn't been childhood, we all get to heal the pain. So to the guy, the way to healing, I, I mean, as I think is, through yourself. And again, doing things that make you happy, waking up and being in gratitude every day, having a gratitude journal or buying the five minute journal and journaling every morning and every night about what you're grateful for. Um, Being in nature, nature is such a huge, huge component for me and a lot of people to be in the trees and the hummingbirds and the butterflies and be in the mountains and the beach and just really feel grounded because Mm -hmm. nature grounds a lot of people Um, to have a journal and let your feelings out to write and release and get it out of your body. So you're not holding on to it anymore and just releasing it, Um, being with friends and being with people that do love you and see you for who you are and you get to be you, you get to cry, you get to release and show your vulnerability. I'm being vulnerable. As we both said, we both were perfectionists because we thought if we were perfect, we would be loved. But actually being vulnerable and telling people what you're going through, sharing your story as we do, no matter what it looks like or if you feel, oh, people are going to judge you. When you share your story is really how other people relate to you. And we're all going through it. So not to feel so alone. So share your story, whether it's in the journal or with friends or with different people. And to do these practices, meditation, sit with yourself every morning and meditate and really ground yourself in who you are. Say one word, a mantra that you want to embody, or it could even be a, a random word that just gets you out of your, your mind and your thoughts and into your body so you can go into your day feeling grounded and connected to yoga, mm. you know, which I did because more for my mind, my mind was racing so much at 23, I wanted to calm my mind. Yeah. And then you also get to heal your body in the same mind, body, spirit, which is why yoga is so powerful. Um, and me and you went to a transformational, you know, workshop and yes. really learned tools, like really good tools, incredible tools, life-changing tools that can, you can apply to your life. Um, reading, you know, reading books and books that inspire you to really connecting to what your vision is. Like, what do I want to get out of this life? What do I want to give people? Who do I want to affect? And when you live in your vision of what you want to do with your life, then you have a higher purpose. You have a purpose greater than yourself and you're not concentrating so much on your pain and your sadness, but you're you're figuring out what your vision is, which is why what I help my clients do and I find really powerful because once you're in your vision for what you want your life to look like, you get to live in that vision and wake up every day in that vision. So it doesn't matter what your feelings or emotions are. If you're creating a higher purpose in your life, you get to inspire others or do something for yourself, whatever that vision looks like, whether it's to be an actress, whether it's to work with children, whether it's to be a musician, any of those things, how you want to affect the world while you're here. So 
really, you know, working through what you get to work through for yourself and then giving, giving a piece of you to the world. And, and when you're in that, you're not concentrating so much on what's, you know, what's me, what's my pain. And we all have pain. Let's remember. I mean, even a couple of days ago, I sat again, wondering why my family didn't love me and why I was mm-hmm. the outcast of the family. And you know, why, how could they not see me for all my gifts and blessings? And I'm, you know, an amazing person yes, you are. and I know I am. And why doesn't my family see that, yeah. you know, or why, and people can say, why don't these people in school see that? Why don't the girls or boys see that in school? Why don't my teachers see it? Why doesn't my boyfriend or girlfriend see it? You know, and we're always wondering why don't they see it? And again, reminding ourselves that everybody's doing the best they can with their resources. Some are more limited than others. And we get to forgive ourselves and know we're perfect in who we are and then forgive them and just know they're not aligned with us. They're not our people. And we all have people, whether it's one person, even if you have one person, that's that's a lot that you're gifted with one person that sees you and gets you for who you are, whoever that is. And it could even be an animal. So you get to feel that you're accepted and loved for who you are and everybody's doing the best they can. And if they don't see you, even if it's the family you're born into, then they don't see you and give your gifts to the people that do appreciate you. You know, and we all, me and you, we go back to those points and we get to use all those tools to work on the healing and to support the healing that we're going through. And it's a constant journey, as you know, yes. constant journey. Yes. yes. <laughs> For, I'm thinking about, you know, for, cause I run into people all the time in conversation where they, you know, being vulnerable, I, I believe is the most needed quality and the most beautiful quality in society that it's the most lacking because everyone puts on a mask. Everyone wants to validate themselves and yet we're all the same. We're all going through this. We're all living, we're all breathing the same air. And, um, however, for those listening that, okay, they've, they may not have had trauma and they've had a beautiful life, which I hope everyone has. Um, I, I want that for everyone. Um, I would, I would just recommend that to be compassionate, to be compassionate, to everyone, show compassion, show kindness, and we'll never be indicted for being too kind. That That is, I do believe that. You're never going to, man, that person was too kind. However, when we die, you know, what they say about us when we're gone is, um, you know, most often people, you know, it wasn't that kind, or I don't want it ever to be a lack. And you you talk a lot about abundance um, and living in that place. What is what does that mean to you? Being abundant and being compassionate, being overly kind and overly loving, or I don't even know if there is such a thing as overly, but <laughs> being being very loving and, and kind and compassionate. What does that mean to you? Um, being compassionate and loving and giving is really to me is making letting everybody know that they're loved and accepted for who they are. So whoever that is, I mean, when I go to the airport and I see the bathroom lady who I think is, you know, a really tough job to have, you know, I, I give them an extra 
cash because they get to see like they're not worthy of $5 an hour. You're worthy of this $100 bill, you know, and you're reminding and it's those little things, whatever that looks like to you, whether it's making room from somebody in an exercise class and saying, sure, you can sit next to me to smiling when you walk in somewhere instead of, you know, keeping to yourself. And, and to me, the more you give, the more you get. That's right. So luckily I've been abundant in my life and I've created very abundant, whether it's if I want a certain table at a restaurant, I'm not going to get that by being rude and, you know, mean and judging everybody. But if I'm kind and I recognize the hostess has a tough job figuring out which table is which, and I ask her how her day is and to show people that they matter, um, I do get the best table in the restaurant. You know, I do get certain things that people are like, wow, Allie, you're magical. How <laughs> do you get all these things in your life? Like we get to be around you because look at all the things you create, but I create it because I give, you know, and I give and support. And it's really about showing people who I am, being vulnerable and showing them not just my shiny and pretty and fun parts, but also my sensitive and flawed and you know who I am at the core sad parts and it's seeing the best in people and loving them over the little things that might annoy you you know and and reminding yourself like everybody's doing the best they can so to really really remember that and to to give and when you live in this life in a happy magical way and you see people and you give them a hug like you don't know you know I saw the guy at Trader Joe's the other day and he commented on something and I said, let me give you a hug. And I've been doing that more and more hugging Mm. random people because everyone needs a hug. And one person started crying in my arms, you know, and she, this woman that was walking out of a grocery store, turns out she had the same story as me. And she had just left her husband of 20 years and her daughter wasn't speaking to her husband. And I didn't speak to my father for 17 years. And she was going through, she had the same story as me. And who would have known a random person walking out of a grocery store that I hugged Mm. and we got to affect each other in that way. So it's really seeing the best in people. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're put with challenging people. And, you know, it's hard to show her a smile or sometimes I get frustrated easily or, you know, if I'm not getting my way, like we all get that way. And it's just reminding yourself that everybody's doing the best they can. And we don't know what that person's been through. They might have someone in their life that's sick. They might have just been left. They might not have money in their bank account. Right. So really um, showing yourself to others completely without holding back for fear of rejection and judgment and just going for it and really giving and loving and knowing that we're all one, we're all in this world together, we're all doing. And then when we increase the attraction of giving and giving and being happy and doing that, more comes to us. So the more we give, the more you get, as I said before. So you increase the attraction. And I know a lot of us sit in the the sadness and the fear and the judgment of what people are going to say. And we get to overcome that in ourselves, the insecurity and say, no, I'm worth it. And to be more real, the other person's worth it. They get to have a hug for me today because that hug could shift their life. That's right. And, and you know, that $100 bill to the bathroom lady that could pay her bill, that could help her, her granddaughter. We don't know what that's going to do, but everybody gets to see their worth. And even if they're going through a rough time, it's even having more compassion for that person because not everybody has the tools that we've been given or gone through what we've gone through or done the work that we've done. And we get to, you know, be the source of inspiration for the world, source of transformation for the world. And that's what I want to do. That's what you're doing as well. We both are doing that. You know, we get to be a source 
where people see our transformation and how we've overcome and they get to be inspired by that and hopefully grow and transform too. You know, no matter how low they are, we've both been there and, you know, no, no one is, no one is left untouched. And, you know, we really get to be that source in all the ways that we know to be true, which is love. The source is love. Yes, it is. And as, (laughs) as I'm listening to you, it really, there's a old proverb that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And really when we are kind and when you give that hundred dollar bill or that hug or smile or ask someone a sincere question about how they're doing or ask them their name because their name matters mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever means by which we engage someone and, and make them feel acknowledged. It really, I think in all those particular moments makes them feel good. But ultimately the universal, I believe is it gives them hope, hope that the world isn't as dark as they feel it is hope that it can be better and it will be better. And when hope is deferred, when people don't feel hope, when they feel despair, when they feel dread, when they feel just utter darkness and there's no light entering that space, that's where sickness creeps in and sickness of the soul, sickness of the body, sickness of the mind. And I want everyone to know listening that there's hope and just because things are the way they are right now doesn't mean they will stay the way they are. And if the people that you are surrounding yourself with are not lifting you high and holding you high and loving you and lifting you up, then my, and I don't care who they are, family, friend, blood relation, it does not matter. If they do not support you and lift you high, you get to be around people that do. And I know you, Allie, you've, you've certainly um, chosen that. I have chosen that. And that was a, a huge shift for me personally, just to be around people. I, I, you know, I don't know who originally said it, but we are the sum of the five people that we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. And um, so when you're working with, when you're working with teens, Do we, do you talk now when you're, when you're working with teens, do you talk about their, their peers and their friends or how, how much of their environment is influencing their own self-worth as much as their own self-worth is influencing their environment? A lot over 50%, 75%, especially teens, maybe 80, 90% of their world is defined by others and how they're accepted in school, mm. you know, how they're judged by others, all of it. So really, really working on them, first of all, to to touch into their authentic self, to find out who they are, because we are so often give our love away, we forget to spend that time loving themselves. So really realize who they are, find things that they love in themselves, and then look at the people they're surrounding themselves by and what are the choices, right? We all get to make choices. So who are you choosing as your friends? Who are you choosing to surround yourself with? And do they fill you up? Do they support you? Do they have compassion for you? Do they listen to you? Do they see you for who you are? And do you feel loved and accepted? And if not, then you get to make a choice to shift who you surround yourself by. And so that's obviously huge in this world of social media, 
in this world of acceptance and um, bullying and all of these things, you really get to look at at any age and especially teens, because that's when you're really beginning to define who you are and really, you know, coming into your own self from being a child is to see who you surround yourself by. And especially if you're not getting it from home, who are you surrounding yourself by at school, after school activities, um, and doing all of these things to fill yourself up, to feel good about yourself. And in this world where some people are choosing the other way into putting people down, bullying, fear, anger, hatred, whatever that is, you get to choose who you get to surround yourself by. And really knowing that that, especially at that age, is a big definition of how you will begin to feel about yourself. So I focus on on that a lot, you know, and focus on who they surround themselves by and loving themselves and what they have to give the world, even things, you know, I've also had a private styling company for 11 years and conscious styling, like how they represent themselves and what they wear is what they're telling the world because we show the world how to treat us by what we wear, by how we love ourselves, um, by how we hold ourselves. So we get to show our friends um, how they get to treat us by how much respect and compassion we have for ourselves. And again, getting back to that self-love and the more that we care about ourselves and know what we are worthy of, the more you'll surround yourself and choose. And it might not be the most popular person. It might, you know, it might not be, you know, the person that you thought you'd be friends with. All of these things might not be, you know, how you think it should be. Um, And that doesn't get to stop you. You get to surround yourself by those people that look to you and see your and see your gifts and in whatever that looks like. And again, even going outside yourself and volunteering, like giving a hand to those in need and going into a volunteer, you know, volunteering with the sick or the homeless and then meeting people there. Like even as a teen, you can meet people in extracurricular activities right. and really, you know, doing stuff that makes you feel good and then making friends that way. And again, everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. So instead of letting people choose you as your friend or letting people choose what you should wear or choose what classes you should take, it's what do you want? What do you want? And this is their choice. And you, you have the choice from the minute you're born, we have a choice. And, you know, at the beginning, we don't know we, we get to choose, but we really get to choose who's in our lives, who we surround ourselves by, and especially the people that give to us what we, you know, get to have. And that that is a huge, huge thing, especially for teens, is really recognizing you have a choice and you get to make the choice that works for you, regardless of what anybody else is doing. It's all about you. Mm, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And that is correct. Allie, I love you. I'm so honored to have you on the Golden Rule Revolution. And I think this message is crucial for everyone to hear, male, female, uh, younger, older, doesn't matter where um, we are on the journey. It's about getting that healing, loving ourselves, having a vision, making that vision bigger than our circumstance, keeping our eyes on that vision, having hope, treating people well, being kind to everyone you encounter, and the world begins to heal and we all get to see the world that we want to live in. So thank you for joining me today. As always, for those of you listening, thank you 
for joining this podcast. Thank you for listening. I ask you to share, download, like, comment, spread the word, help this movement grow. Let's do this. We can do it together. The Golden Rule Revolution, it's revolutionary to live the Golden Rule today. And this is not a religious movement. This is not about a certain text. This is simply saying, I want to treat every person the way I wish I was treated. And in so doing, bring healing not only to myself, but to everyone we encounter. So thank you. My name is Lucas Mack. I am your host of the Golden Rule Revolution, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.